Euronet Plus Panorama is a weekly review of European news broadcast by our network of EU radio stations. In this week's Panorama, we seek our members' input on sanctions and shortages. While the latest round of EU sanctions on Russia brings with it new fears of reprisals, the conflict in Ukraine is causing a more immediate impact on Europe's consumers in the form of shortages of staple ingredients. A new fourth package of sanctions was approved by the European Union on Tuesday the 15th of March. Poland's ambassador to the EU, Andrzej Sadosh, said that Poland had been in the camp calling for tougher restrictions, but that ultimately a middle ground had to be found. One of Poland's demands was to suspend all gas, oil and coal imports from Russia, reports Polsky Radio. However, several other countries, led notably by Germany, would not agree to this. The ambitions of our government were greater than what was eventually agreed upon. But that is how it is with a common denominator. We have to reach a consensus, which means that for the time being, the more ambitious proposals tabled by Poland and supported by a group of countries including Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, the Czech Republic, Slovakia and others have had to be aligned with what was acceptable to our other partners. Bulgaria is one member state that opposes a complete ban on oil and gas imports, as their Prime Minister Kirill Petkov told BNR earlier in the month. We fully support Ukraine. We fully agree that one foreign country cannot violate international law and bomb another country. We fully support the existing measures and are working with the EU to make them as strong as possible. But what we cannot afford is to stop oil and gas imports. This is unsurprising since Bulgarian petrol stations refuel from a refinery on the Black Sea coast that almost exclusively processes crude oil from Russia. If these oil supplies were to be suspended, the country would be entirely reliant on the state reserve until an alternative source was found. According to Estonian MEP and former Defence Minister Sven Mixer, the bloc could certainly go further in terms of its sanctions on Russia in a variety of fields. Kuku Radio asked him how far Russia is now from complete isolation. There are quite a few countries in the world that continue to fly to Russian cities, do business and keep political ties alive. We are a long way from total isolation. Europe, North America and the rest of the democratic world have great potential to significantly weaken Russia, both economically and industrially, but a lot remains to be done. Of course, isolating Russia is not about absolute impact. Any sanctions must weaken Russia more than they weaken us. Looking ahead to a possible fifth package of sanctions, Latvia's Minister of Foreign Affairs, Edgar Zrinkevich, told Latvia's radio that the key thing was to close the loopholes in existing sanctions to make them as effective as possible. He also highlighted that it might be difficult to identify the most important individuals to target with personal sanctions. What needs to happen in terms of the fifth package? In fact, nothing special or even more tragic. 
It's simply a matter of methodically looking for scenarios if sanctions could possibly be circumvented. Also, port closures, cryptocurrencies and synchronizing sanctions against Belarus as much as possible to prevent them from being bypassed. Just as important as the declaration of new sanctions in their enforcement, one thing you can do is to sanction high-profile names. And this does not simply involve googling it and seeing who's who. Here in Europe, together with our American, British and Canadian friends, the key challenge is to work out the things that we don't yet know. The potential for a Russian backlash to the most recent set of sanctions, given the volatile political context and Moscow's stranglehold over oil and gas supplies, is giving Europe a serious case of the jitters. Indeed, several member states are experiencing panic at the petrol pumps. But despite the widespread perception that the bloc's escalating fuel prices and ensuing rise in production costs are linked to the war in Ukraine, Spain's Union of Small Farmers lays the blame squarely at the door of energy and oil companies. In a telephone interview with S Radio, Aurelio González, the Union's Secretary-General for the Castilla y León region, insisted that we could not continue to be held hostage in this way. Something needs to be done in the energy market to set maximum prices. The oil and energy companies cannot be allowed to speculate, as they are currently doing, and set the prices they choose. We're asking for a market intervention. Firstly, to fix a maximum price, and secondly, to lower production costs. Several EU governments, including those in France and Sweden, have already put temporary measures in place to ease the burden of rising fuel prices, as Germany's finance minister, Christian Lindner, told AMS. People are being hit with increased prices for different types of goods, but above all for energy and fuel. And across Europe, governments are now busy responding. But, notes AMS, the war in Ukraine is having an increasing impact on the daily lives of Europeans away from the petrol pump too. According to Euronet Plus sources, salt is running out in Estonia, a man died in a supermarket fight over sunflower oil in Bulgaria, and in Germany, people are hoarding again, with shelves emptied in supermarkets. Farmers are really starting to feel the heat, the union of small farmers José Manuel Roche told us radio with many agricultural materials such as livestock feed relying on raw materials produced in Ukraine. Not to mention the fact that Russia is the world's largest exporter of fertilisers. Yet Roche called for calm and offered assurances that alternative supply routes are available. I would like to appeal for calm. We must all be very clear that there are options to replace imports, in this case from Ukraine, with those from other countries. So we do not need to create psychosis like the one, for example, that hit other products during the COVID pandemic. But with Ukraine known as the granary of Europe, ranking as a top producer of wheat, maize, barley, sunflower and rapeseed, the impact of this conflict on European consumers and industry is hard to underestimate. Prices of these commodities are already soaring. On Tuesday, Franco Pugliese, the CEO of an Italian food retail chain, spoke to Radio 24 about the mounting sunflower oil crisis. 
la vera carenza è legata ad un prodotto. Entro 20 giorni non solo in Italia, ma in tutta l'Europa. The most pressing shortage affects one product in particular. Within 20 days there will be no sunflower oil available. Not only in Italy, but throughout Europe. I don't think this product is essential in our daily purchases, since there are a range of substitutes available when it comes to frying food, which is what families use sunflower oil for. But sunflower oil is also used as a thickener and preservative in a lot of bakery products and food preserved in oil. It's therefore another matter entirely from an industry standpoint and businesses are looking for alternatives one of which is the much reviled palm oil. The same day, Tatiana Zagork, director of Slovenia's Chamber of Agricultural and Food Enterprises, denied reports of dwindling food stocks and disrupted supply chains in Slovenia. The supply roads have changed. This is no secret, especially for cereals and oil. As in any crisis, a period of adaptation is needed. One week, two, maybe three. Yet there is certainly evidence of some shortages. One Ljubljana baker, for example, told RTV Slow that their main supplier could not supply them with flour as Hungary had suspended its wheat exports. Last week we were told they could not supply flour until further notice. Then we called various other flour suppliers, mills in Slovenia, and none of them wanted to sell us flour. The UN's Food and Agriculture Organization this week issued a global call to keep international trade in food and fertilizers open. In the EU, any suggestion that member states might halt exports of raw materials is a direct threat to the principles of the single market. Yet such an eventuality is not unthinkable. The government of major grain producer Bulgaria is discussing plans to halt grain exports and start building up the state reserve so as to prevent speculative price hikes. Unconfirmed rumours that such a ban on exports is already in force, with loaded ships prevented from setting sail have led to protests among producers who fear a backlash from clients abroad. The country's economy minister, Cornelia Ninova, told BNR that she is discussing the possibility of activating the EU's force majeure clause in order to enable Bulgarian companies to stop exports without fear of legal action. This will give them the freedom to renegotiate and will ensure that there are no claims against Bulgarian companies in the short term if they cannot fulfill their contracts. Of course, these contracts will stand, but with the possibility of later or deferred fulfillment. This is a necessity to alleviate the burden on Bulgarian companies and the Bulgarian economy. Ninova added that she did not know whether any other EU country had declared its intention to activate force majeure at this juncture. This challenging situation has clearly focused minds, though, and appears to be speeding up the EU's previously sluggish discussions around food security. Member states and the Commission began work on this subject last week in Versailles, and MEPs are preparing a Communication on Food Security and Building Resilience in Food Systems, which will be presented in the coming weeks. This is likely to include market support measures for the agricultural sector, and a particular focus on increasing the EU's production of plant-based proteins. Join us again next week for another trip around the Euronet Plus network. <laughs>